We've been, we've been on our series on Wednesday night on prayer, and we've been talking about the, really, the, the revelation of prayer, because, you know, if you, if you have a crowd of people, and you line 20 people up, and you ask them to give, them, give you a definition of prayer, you're going to get 20 different definitions. You're going to get 20 different opinions about what people think prayer is. And um, so, you know, <clears throat> I feel like that through the years in, in my born-again life that's over 38 years, um, I used to think prayer was a lot of things. Um, I used to think that prayer wasn't prayer unless you yelled loud enough that it wasn't prayer unless you had a prayer stance, you know? You had to be in a specific, uh, a specific position to pray, you know? Maybe on your knees in a closet somewhere or, you know, by your bed or whatever. And um, it doesn't really matter what position that you're in, but what really matters is that we understand prayer. In the last three or four weeks as we've, on the, or the last three or four times that we've shared on this, We've really just been, I don't know how long we're going to stay on this, but how many know that however long you need to stay on something, you need to stay on it if God's trying to get something over to us, right? So, um, so we're just going to stay on this, but I, I feel like what I've been doing, I've never, I've never taught on prayer like this before, and, and I feel like that we're just really building um, a foundation. I used to live down in McAllen in the Rio Grande Valley, and one day, there was a, well, there was a house that was being built across the street from us, and they were laying a foundation. And they started putting the structure on the house up. And one day, I came home from work, and they were pulling all the structure down. And the next day, as I'm going to work, they got a guy out there with a jackhammer, jackhammering all the foundation, or a portion of it up. Somebody had, I found out later, somebody had poured had, had, had structured foundation on the wrong house. <laughs> so they could reuse some of it, but they had to jackhammer a bunch of it up because the foundation was wrong. And I feel like that's what we're doing right now regarding prayer. Not getting rid of what we know, but maybe if there's some things about prayer in our head that we need to jackhammer up, let's get rid of it and relay some strong foundation so that we can be effective at prayer, right? How many want results in prayer? I mean, I, I mean, you know, come on. Who doesn't want to, to have results in what we pray for? Well, what, what I'm going to share with you tonight about is something that I believe, if you, if you catch what I'm going to share with you tonight in your spirit, if you catch it inside of you, you'll live the rest of your life with answered prayer. Wow. That's a pretty bold claim. I'm just telling you that, I've, for the last year, as I've been redoing things in my prayer life, I've seen so many answers to prayers quickly. I've just seen so many answers to prayers quickly just happen. And I'm talking about just a lot of little things that, you know, if you're, if you 
have something come against your body and the first thing that you do, and I'm talking to Christians tonight, or if you're not Christians tonight, I don't know everybody, there's a whole group of people right here that I don't know. If you're not a Christian tonight, then you'll, you'll, you'll get what I'm saying because it's not too deep. But, um, but I'm talking to Christians, and, you know, we, a lot of times in the things that we do or say or, or, or how we, we tolerate certain things, it's because we spend too much time thinking things through and thinking about things instead of just putting the word on it. Because I told you over the last three or four times that we preached on this, that prayer is, is literally not any more than connection with God. That's, that's my definition for prayer. It's connecting with God. That's what prayer is. And whatever I have to do to connect with God in the form of relationship causes there to be this intimacy with Him so how I deliver words of prayer will come out of my relationship with God, not something that I do out of obligation or something I do because there's a need. You know, you know, all of us have prayer needs and all of us have other people that give us needs to pray about, right? And it's a good thing. And, and, and if we're not developing a connection with God on a day-to-day basis, then a lot of times... What we have isn't what that person really needs. A lot of times, I find that if a person is in need, the natural response in the head is to meet the need. Okay, so somebody has a need, so I'll just go take care of it. A lot of times, that hinders the plan of God in the person's life that is in a need. Why is a person in a need? Well, there's some things that have happened. God wants them not to just come out of the need. He wants them to get on top of the situation and learn how to believe Him and believe that God is the source and that wherever there's a need, He'll meet every need in the name of Jesus. See? God, but, but that has to be developed. So just because somebody has a need and I go meet it doesn't necessarily mean that it's right. So... A lot of times what God is wanting is for us to quickly pray. And that's what we're going to talk about tonight. We're going to, we're going to talk about, I mean, the Bible talks about the law of first things. But this isn't really that, but it kind of can flow over into it. And we're going to talk about how important it is to pray first and not think first. Because what happens is you're thinking will shut down your belief and keep you from really believing that things will happen. And listen, when you allow negative thoughts to remain in your head, they're going to eventually come out of your mouth. And when you start talking unbelief and talking things that are not true and don't line up with the Word of God, and you fill your mind and your emotions and you fill your ears with negative things, then to come to a place and say, well, oh my gosh, now we should pray. After eight days of talking negative things, then maybe we should pray. What would happen if we prayed first and shut all the negative stuff down? Could we get answers to every prayer that we pray? Well, the Bible is real clear that we can. Um, How many saw 
my post that I copied from the Copelands uh, on 10 things. Ten, uh, what was it? Hold on. I've got to pull my Instagram post up. Um, when does God hear my prayer? 10 promises from the word when God hears my prayer. How many saw that post? Or you saw it on the Copelands or whatever. I, I just... I, <laughs> to... to uh, to repost, to go to repost, takes me about 15 minutes. <laughs> so I just, I just do a screenshot, and I just put it up there, and, and I don't give the other people ditto for what they did, you know. And, I, and, it, and so somebody told me the other day, you know, you, you, like you're taking credit for it. Well, okay. <laughs> anyway, but I put this, I put this up. Uh, ten promises in the Word when... When God hears your prayer, now, now just listen to these, and this really goes with what I'm going to share with you tonight. When I have, have faith in God, Matthew 21, 22, when I have faith in God, he answers my prayers. When I'm in a place where I have unforgiveness in my heart and I forgive, God answers my prayers. When I pray in the Spirit, God answers my prayers. When I'm weak, Romans 8, 26, when when I've done everything that I can do, and I'm in a place of weakness, not knowing what to do. As I pray in the Spirit, God gives me the revelation about what to do. He answers my prayers, right? When I'm alone, uh, Matthew 6, 6. When I'm, when, when I'm in a crowd, you can be in a situation and it's like, you know, oh my gosh, there's a bad thing going on here or whatever, and you're in a crowd. God will answer prayer there as you have faith and confidence in Him. Matthew 18, 19, and 20. When, when I'm humble, 2 Chronicles seven fourteen, humble ourselves and pray, and God will answer our prayers. Can you say amen? When I pray for leaders, when I suffer, we, we've talked about that the last few weeks in James five thirteen. Is any man suffering? Let him pray. Everybody say, let him pray. Let him pray. And then the other is, every time I call, Jeremiah 29, 12. Uh, if, you have a, if you have a Bible and you're looking at it, um, look at Jer- Jeremiah 29, 12. I didn't give them that scripture to, to put on the screen. <clears throat> and it says this. Then you will call upon me and go and pray to me and I will listen to you. And in the New Testament it says, when we know that he listens to us and he hears us, the Bible says in 1 John 5, when we know he hears us, then he answers what we ask for. You know why? Because we've called on him. We've connected with him. There's a connection with him. So what I'm going to pray and what I'm going to say is not going to be outside of his will because I'm so connected with him, I know what his will is. What is his will? His will is his word. And his word in my life, in everyday situations, always, always goes contrary to natural things. Can you say amen? So, tonight, just for a few minutes, we're going to talk about how to get answered prayer. And I'm telling you, the simple little, you can call it a formula, because there's, you, you realize... A formula is not a non-spiritual thing. There's tons of formulas in the Word. Tons of formulas. 
And if you put them to work, along with relationship with God, they work every single time. Jesus put formulas to work all the time, but the formula was from the Father. He only did those things that he heard from the Father and that the Father told him to do, and when he did them, they worked every single time. Jesus said the works that he did will do, and even greater works. Why? He's gone to the Father. By the Holy Spirit, now he lives inside of us through the person of the Holy Spirit, and now we can do what he did if we'll all get together. Amen? Amen. If we'll get together and be in unity and harmony as the church of Jesus Christ, I'm not just talking about this place, I'm talking about the church worldwide. We get together and we unify and we connect with each other, there's no end to what can happen. I'm telling you. There's no end in the earth. This is, without a shadow of a doubt, the best day to be alive in the history of the world. Ever. Now listen, no matter what stats you hear anywhere else, no matter what you hear anywhere else, remember this. Over 6,000 people a day are being born again around the world. Over 6,000 a day around the world. Not the United States, around the world. And <laughs> we are, um, we, we added three to that on Sunday morning. Three more at Gates of the City were added to the kingdom. So by the end of the year, I'm believing it's going to be 7,000 because the church is doing its job around the world. By, by the end of the next year, maybe 10,000. By the end of the next year, maybe 12 or 14,000 a day will be born again. I'm telling you, there's never been a day, and there's, so there's never a time for you and I to connect with what God's doing in the earth. So... What I'm going to share with you in four passages of Scripture. Everybody say four. Say, he didn't say five. Okay. I said four. Romans 8 and verse 5. Romans 8 and verse 5. <clears throat> I don't have time to, we've talked about this a lot, I don't have time to do background work on the, on the f- four verses before this, but I'm just going to make a point out of Romans, uh, uh, the fifth verse of chapter 8. For those who live according to the flesh, and the word flesh there is carnal, or it's the senses, the five senses. Those who live according to the senses set their minds on the things of the senses. Everybody say things. Say it again, things. So he's talking about things. All through chapter 8, he's talking about things. But notice, so there's fleshly things, and then there's what? He says, but those who live according to the Spirit, in other words, they set their mind on the things of the Spirit. doesn't say the mind there, but that's what he's saying. He said... Those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. So, there's two worlds out there that are working all the time. And I'm telling you, that fleshly world, is that sense realm world, is working overtime to distract you, to keep you in a place where you don't understand. Would you open that bottle for me? Open that bottle for me. 
trying to distract you and keep you in a place where you don't have the ability to hear the voice of God. Every time something happens in the natural realm, if you let that natural thing that's a negative thing affect you, if you let it affect you, it will distract you from hearing what Father will say by the Holy Spirit in that moment to help you get free from that, if you give in to that. He said, those who, set, who, those who are of the things of the flesh, they set their mind on earthly things. So, think about what's a number of things that could be talked about. Thank you. What's a number of things that could be, that, that, that we could use as an example of fleshly things? Um, every opinion of every human being. You work a job in a specific place, you go to that job, you own a business, whatever, you've got people around you, and anybody that says something negative, especially if they're talking negative or bad about another person, that's fleshly. So now, your ears, which is part of the five physical senses, are hearing something. Your eyes are looking at the facial expression of a person. You know, uh, when you're talking ugly about somebody, you're not going... Oh, that jerk. Oh. I mean, you're, you're, not, you're not talking that way. I mean, you've got, a, you've got an expression on it, and, and your eyes are, you've got a bead on that, and you're watching that, and it's affecting you. So, if, if Brian tells me something ugly about Josh, and, and, I'm, I'm li- and I give place to that, and I'm listening to it, and I'm meditating on it, and then I walk away from that, and I spend time on that, if that's a lie... And I'm not beginning to focus on spiritual things. And one of the spiritual things that I can focus on is praying in the Spirit. And as I pray in the Spirit, God's going to begin to show me, you know what? What Brian said was, was out of some unforgiveness that he has. And you know what? Don't believe the worst about Josh. He's a good guy. You realize how many times someone can say something about another person, and there can be some partial truth to that. Right? But you know what God will do? God will show you how much he's loved you and forgiven you to get you to not focus on that stuff about someone else. But see, see but, but if we spend time on all those natural things and let them affect us, we don't have the ability to hear God through it. See, because he won't go, ah, no, 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 shut that mess down. God doesn't talk like that. It's a still, small voice. You have to purpose to listen to what he's going to tell you. And you know what he'll say? It's wrong. Don't listen to what Brian said. But you know what then he'll say? Pray for Brian. Pray for him. And quickly, we've got to learn to pray. Fleshly things versus spiritual things. Okay? Matthew chapter 6 and verse 33. Three verses of scripture that to me for me, have produced answered prayer um, in ways I've not seen in years. Three verses of Scripture. Matthew 6 and verse 33. I'm going to read it out of the New King James and then out of the Amplified. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, 
and all these things shall be added to you. Everybody say things again. All these things. Over here, he talked about fleshly things versus spiritual things. Right here, he's talking about things that relate to fleshly things. What are you going to eat? What are you going to wear? How are you going to pay, how the, how you going to pay this bill? Where am I going to find a job? What am I going to do about here? Oh, my God, I got laid off. What about this and that and, the, and this and that and on and on and on and on? And, and voicing and declaring those things and putting all those words out there to the point that when you come along and try to pray something, there's no belief. Because your ears and your eyes and your senses have meditated so much on what's not happening and what's not going to happen, that you don't know how to pray. Remember what we read in James 5 in the, in the last couple of times? If anybody's suffering, let him pray. See? But what do we do? I'm suffering, Brian, pray. Josh, you guys need to get in agreement. Any two agree, you need to pray for me. I'm suffering. I didn't say we don't need to pray for one another. But he didn't say... Find everybody else to pray. You pray. See, because, see, if I pray, if I learn first, first to pray and to speak the word and to do something instead of meditating on the natural things that are trying to pull me down, if I'll do that first, I mean, I mean instantly. You, 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 might, be, you might be facing something. Let's just say... Uh, Let's say you've had a financial struggle and you're facing something. Something's going to be cut off in your house. Your electricity is going to be cut off. And you get a phone call. And the guy on the other end of the phone says, if you don't pay your bill in two days, we're going to cut your electricity off. I mean, they don't usually do that. I'm just using this as an example. We're going to cut your electricity off. You hang the phone up. Oh, my God. What am I going to do? Oh, i got to call somebody. You know, see, you're in a suffering place. You're going through something in your life. See, the Bible says that he will meet all my need according to his riches. The moment the phone is cut off, I said, put the phone down. It's the, now it's the, yeah. <laughs> this, this way. But the, the, the moment I'm off the phone, what needs to come out of my mouth in that moment, Lord, I know what the guy said. I know to this day I've done everything that I know I can. But I know that you said in your word that you meet every need that I have according to your riches in glory by Christ Jesus. That you'll make a way when it seems like there is no way. Lord, Psalm 23 says that you're my shepherd and that I will never want for any good thing. And today, Lord, I just choose to stand today and worship you and thank you that this need is met. I thank you, Lord. You said if I lack wisdom to ask of you and you would freely give it to me. And I thank you today, Lord, for the wisdom that is coming to me over the next two days. And I declare that this bill is met. That is prayer. That's one form of prayer. That is the way you pray. You do not let fleshly things dictate what's coming out of your mouth. And if you don't practice that, okay, 
then every time you're going through something, you're looking for someone else. You ever gone through something and you called seven people and, and, and none of them could be found? They all went to voicemail. And then you got mad at the people. Why? Because, listen, and, and I'm not saying this critically or looking down on you. We've all done it. I don't care who you are. You're lying if you say you hadn't done this. We've all done it. But the deal is you don't know how to pray. Okay? So let's pray. Did, did you hear what I said? So seeking the kingdom first is doing it God's way. That's what I'm going to do first, in the moment. Not going to give negative, fleshly thoughts one iota of opportunity in my life. Not one. And the more you practice that, the better you get at it. Can you say amen? 1 Timothy 2. Remember, it was four passages, and this is the third. 1 Timothy 2. And verse 1. 1 Timothy 2 and verse 1. Therefore, I exhort first of all. Everybody say first of all. First of all. That supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men. Verse 2. For kings and all who are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and a peaceable life in all godliness and reverence. First of all, first of all, that prayers be made, supplications, declarations. Not first of all, getting mad. Not first of all, reacting. Not first of all, saying something that you shouldn't have said. Not, not first of all, first of all, we declare the word. First of all, we pray. First of all, we put out there words that are working for us. Because I promise you, the negative words are working for you too, but they're working towards your destruction. And when I say destruction, keeping us from being on the receiving end of all that God has planned for our lives. God has everything planned for you and I. The vision God has for you is for good things, he has a plan for you and an expected end with glory and power and, and deliverance and for you to be free of everything that you could ever be bound up in. Everything. But it takes you and I growing up and taking responsibility to learn to do things his way first. Not according to the things of the flesh, but according to the things of the spirit. Seek the kingdom first and his righteousness, his way of doing and being right. And all these other things shall be added to you. When we seek the kingdom, and we seek his way of operation, his MO, if you will, for living life, then we'll be on the receiving end. And the last verse, and then I'll recap this, is 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 16. 5 and 16. <clears throat> Verse 16 says, Rejoice always. Verse 17, Pray without ceasing. 
and verse 17 and verse 18. In everything, in everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. What's God's will for your life? Right there. Right there. Because that passage of Scripture, 16, 17, and 18, is seeking the kingdom first. Rejoice how much? Always. What, what's, what, would be the, what, would, what would be the reciprocal of rejoicing? Huh? Belly aching? Complaining? Right? So, if you're always rejoicing, hmm? then your world is filled with all kinds of stuff. Ah, oh, come on, Pastor. That's, you know, that's Pollyanna kind of stuff. That's just kind of... Some of most of you don't even know who Pollyanna is. But, uh, I mean, that's just fairy tale kind of crap, you know. That just, oh, come on. If he said we could rejoice always, then we can rejoice always. We never, ever have to ever say the wrong thing. But, but what if I do? We've got that covered too. We got that covered too. Jesus is the propitiation for our sins. See, he's the stand-in. He's there for us. So you can rejoice and be glad always. He said always. Every day, no matter what situation. Yeah, but you know, man, Pastor, we gotta, you got you to work that out. Yeah, you do. You've got to work it out. You know, because, you know, I don't want to just... I don't want to just be happy all the time, you know, because then what are people going to think? Well, he didn't say happy. He said rejoice. Hmm? And what does that mean? That in times when you don't want to rejoice, you choose to rejoice. Say this after me. Life is a what? Huh? Somebody said it. Choice. Life is a choice. You choose every day. Every day. He didn't say rejoice when you're happy. He said rejoice always. Yeah. When you're happy, when you're sad, when whatever. So if you're not happy and something really ugly in your life happened, how do you rejoice? Father, I just, today I had to deal with this situation, this person I had to walk through this, and this person did this. I'm talking about this is me talking to God. This person did this thing, and they were ugly to me. And you know what? I just, you know, I wanted to strangle them. I could actually see my hands around their neck. And, Lord, I'm just being honest with you. That's the way I felt. And you know what? But today, I am choosing to declare your greatness. I'm choosing to say that I can forgive because you said I could. And today is the day that you have made And I purpose today to rejoice and acknowledge your greatness in the midst of a difficult situation. That's prayer. That's prayer. That's connection with God. That's putting his word. Now listen to me. What what would happen in your life if you rejoiced always? You never quit praying. You mean 24-7? What he's saying there is... Having, if, if you understand what prayer is, that it's a connection with God, never losing your connection. You know what Paul said? I'm persuaded that death nor life, 
nor angels, nor principalities, nor Brian's negative words about Josh are going to be able to separate me from the love of God that's in Christ Jesus. He said, I'm persuaded. Nothing's going to separate me. He, he, he drew a line in the sand, and then he concreted his feet in the ground and said, I will not be moved. I don't care what happens. I don't care what comes against me. It doesn't matter what I'm faced with. I will not give in to the things of the flesh. I will not. I just choose not to. And then think about giving thanks in all things. And again, we gotta, we, we've got to understand this. You know, if, I mean, I, I, I'm not going to even, I mean, this is just an example I heard. Okay, I heard this person say this. And it was a horrible deal. It was a guy that, that he watched his baby get run over, backed over, his baby was backed over by a car. I mean, it was just an absolute horrible situation, and the baby died. And they interviewed the guy, and he said, you know, I'm just giving thanks. And I thought, you know what? That's not what that scripture says. I'm not going to thank God for an ugly thing that happened. I'm going to thank God for how great he is in the midst of it. And we've got to get our thinking right. Because that situation right there is a place. And remember, this all has to do with the individual. I, I, would, would I be able to do that if that happened to me? I, you know, in the natural, I want to say I would. I don't know. I've never been there. Did I say that I was using that as an example to talk down about that? Absolutely not. I'm saying no matter what happens... We're not thanking God that some ugly thing happened and, and the child died. We're thanking God that no matter what happens, he's greater than that situation. But that's a time where that individual person has got a purpose to rejoice. They've got a purpose to rejoice. Lord, I declare today that no matter what, and you know what? How deep does a person have to dig to get to a place where they can rejoice? That's called a connection with God. See, the other thing is, the more connected you are with God, the more you understand and believe that angels of God encamp around about you and your family and protect you from those kind of things happening. You, you see what I'm saying? So we don't use what happened to someone else to put fear on us that it's going to happen to us. We can pray for people that are through difficult situations, but God wants you and I to learn to do what his will is. His will is to seek his kingdom first, right, and his righteousness. To always pray first before we do anything else. And number three, to rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and in all things, give thanks. It's the will of God, and it's what produces the fruit. The James 5 verse of Scripture says, The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man accomplishes great things. And I, I, I can just tell you that I'm, I'm expecting great things to be accomplished. I'm expecting people to see needs and, and prayers met and come to pass every day, all the time, by first of all, putting 
words from God's word out, out in, in, the, in the atmosphere, in the heavenlies, with their mouth instead of negative words that want to say, it's not going to work. It's, it, there's no way it can happen. The more you allow that kind of stuff to happen to you, you don't renew your mind with the word of God, the more you give place to your prayers not working. Because it's like your prayers are hindered and stopped because you don't stay with them and follow through. You don't continue to believe for the thing that you've prayed, that it's going to truly come to pass because you've meditated so long and so much on the negative fleshly things. And I say tonight, that's not happening. Amen? That's not happening. That's why the greatest day to ever be alive is right now. If you tap into what God is building in the earth, and he said, I'll build my church that the gates of hell shall not prevail against. Amen? How many believe it?